Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com, where we now live in a world where Bob Stoops is a coach at the University of Oklahoma. The shocking revelation yesterday from Lincoln Riley that Bob Stoops is uh, currently a part of the coaching staff, that he's come out of retirement, uh, and he was able to do that because he's still on the payroll at the university. COVID didn't knock him off the payroll, apparently. Uh, so while, I'm sure he's taking a little budget cut there. Maybe that's why he's doing the heating, heating and air commercials, uh, along with the tequila I, I I hope he's I hope that he is at least part owner in that tequila brand. He is. I'd also heard that he brought in little uh, little bottles for for everybody on the team. <laughs> no, he, he put didn't. he put them in the lockers. No, he did. It was and a they're nice not little surprise. Be able to celebrate with Bud Light seltzer like they did after XFL wins. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Anyway, all the gang is here. Josh is here. Bob is here. Uh, Bob, congratulations, because Alex Grinch likely has COVID. You don't have to transcribe anything today. That It's not good for him, but it is relief for me. Man, that guy talks a mild minute. You get three minutes of Grinch, and that's almost like a thousand words. It is. I've never seen anyone talk as fast as he does. I don't know if we should uh, even talk about Baylor this week, or if we'll jinx it like we did last week with West Virginia. We literally did a podcast, and then two hours, well, we did it on Tuesday. The very next, uh, within hours, it was announced that there was not going to be a game. Now, Lincoln Riley, last night, I was listening to his coach's show. He did say that they were going to be getting tested again at you know toward the end of that show. So here we are on Wednesday as we record this podcast just after noon. And in the next couple of hours, if it's going to be canceled, I would say it's going to be canceled because, Eddie, you've been tracking some of the talk down in uh, the Waco area, down the Brazos. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I, I just saw the Craig Smoke tweet yesterday, and Mac Rhodes had told him basically that you know, they wanted a little bit of clarity by Wednesday afternoon just for the fact that, you know, if Oklahoma can't play this weekend, Baylor was going to try and schedule somebody. I don't know how quickly that can be put together, but, you know, when you see Louisiana Tech scheduling a game with TCU, and I know that's still, what, a week and a half out because that's going to well, be Well, they didn't have 12. a non-conference game because they were supposed right. to— Sure. They were, they were supposed to play SMU, and then that got canceled. And then they were supposed and, to play Houston, and that yeah. got canceled because of Baylor. And they they didn't play Oklahoma State, so they're down one Big Twelve game, uh, which we can get into all that how all this works out. But they're scheduled to play. I'm Oklahoma glad somebody State. asked Lincoln about it yesterday. That's really <laughs> insightful. 
yeah. Every week with that guy, it seems like on the pod, we have to rip him. I know, and it, it's not on purpose. It really isn't. At least he didn't tell Braden Willis he was hurt this year. Or call him Brandon. And then, and then asked him about Austin Stogner. Or call him Brandon. Like, you can set up a question to someone by telling them a fact. Just make the question about that fact. Let's say, hey, Braden Willis, you were hurt earlier this year. Uh, tell us about Austin Stogner, how he's handling things. Like, no. And the other thing is, this came out of the Thunder call. Did you, did you play the audio from Darius Baisley or hear the audio from Darius Baisley? Heard it. We didn't play it. No. Wait, what? So Darius Baisley, he was asked a question about how he found out you know, about all these trades that are happening and signing players and kind of dismantling and Chris Paul being traded and all that. And he gave a good question, He, you know, a good answer. He's talking about, well, you know, you kind of have to look at it like this is college, like seniors are graduate. That's that's kind of the only, you know, way we have to point of reference on this stuff. And at the end, he said, I don't like the question because uh, I think you're trying to stir shit up, basically. He didn't say shit. But, ah. <laughs> uh, and then, but the thing was... The guy that asked the question, he goes, hey, Bays. Oh, no. Like, and that happens even on OU Zoom calls. Can we yes, stop pretending stop. like we're buddies with these guys? Just fucking stop it. You're not friends with them. You may have talked to them when they were getting recruited. You are not on their Call of Duty team every night. I'm, if you are, you're... That'd be pretty badass if they were, though. I'd want to be on Darius Baisley's... Call a battle team but or I'm call just a saying, duty team. I'm just saying, like, stop it with this. I mean, like, the goal is like, oh, I'm so in with these players that I call them by their nicknames and DTY. <laughs> I mean, that, that, oh, I'm so sick of that shit. Confirmed. I think you're sick of Zoom still. This I think we all are. Carry oh, very much. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a new subject. Well, let's, sure. let's face it. I have been the one to take up all the shit on the board the last four days, five days, spearheaded you, it at least. You have, and you probably deserve an apology from me. I don't know that you're going to get it, but you definitely deserve <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's the COVID times. Everybody's yeah. losing it. It's been a wild week just for the fact that, like, it. and I, I saw somebody mention this this morning uh, on Twitter is just as far as, like, it was almost yesterday was a nice distraction from the, the real Bob world, Stoops like thing. the Bob Stoop stuff. Well, it's like, until Pat Jones a, came on and made it out and just ripped me, said he, uh, uh, Karen Murray, uh, make it out like a, uh, Bud Wilkinson's coming back to Oklahoma. That would be a news story. <laughs> if Bud Wilkinson came back, it would be a news story. Because he is dead. Uh, allegedly. So, yeah, you can't even have fun talking about Bob Stoops. And it was a nice distraction from the bullshit of, are they even going to play on yes. Saturday? Which, like, as we record this, I feel... I really didn't know. ...more optimistic now than I did if we would have recorded this on even Monday Sunday morning. Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or even Monday morning, yeah. Bob. I do agree that you sent out that tweet from OU with their athletic schedule. I, I feel like that's a, a little sign of confidence. Maybe not the the you know. Or the they just had video. to get in a sponsor. Yeah, you know, we're, <laughs> it's not the hype video that they'll send out later, but it it was, it's good that it's still there. And it was like what eleven o'clock this morning when they sent that out. 
Well, let's face it. A lot of people are if this team doesn't play Saturday. Yep. Yeah, I, I if if there's one like prevailing theme from the week, it's they're going to do everything they possibly can to play on Saturday because a they need to play one of these next two games. I mean that they, that just absolutely has to happen. We can get into the tiebreaker stuff. And b if you don't play this weekend, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in saying like OU doesn't want to say all right, we'll just wait until next week because they don't know if there's going to be a next week. Not to mention, you get on a plane, fly to, fly to Morgantown, and this was, people on the board kind of had this confused, but you can fly straight into Morgantown if you're on a charter. They have an airport that can handle it. Yeah, I had thought that they'd flown into somewhere, it wasn't Morgantown, but it was somewhere like 20 minutes close. The last time they were up I there. I think that's right, yeah, because and of I weather. can't remember what the... Uh, remember the last time we were up there, we were, like, stuck on the tarmac and stuff and the icing and... Oh, I mean, there's there's no doubt that any time that you fly into Pittsburgh uh, during this time of the year, right. you're, you're running into something. <laughs> oh, you're running because usually you're stuck on the runway for de-icing and then oh, it's the a next night, time you get to the airport... it's always a night game. I remember we, got, we went from Pittsburgh to O'Hare and we literally had to run... From one end of O'Hare yeah. to the next. That was that was four years ago. Wasn't or not it? O'Hare. What's the yes. what's the southwest? No, it was, it was O'Hare. Was that O'Hare? It Midway. was O'Hare. Midway. No, it's was it Midway? Midway? Yeah, I can't remember. The I thought it was O'Hare. O'Hare though because I remember thinking it's one of the world's largest uh, airports and we're running through this bitch. But no, it was Midway. <laughs> either way, it was a long way from gate to gate. God knows that me and you running to a gate is not good. But yeah. it was with a bunch of OU fans. That's usually the case when you fly up to Pittsburgh, it's like everybody, because everybody's coming back to Oklahoma City. I think someone had to be, like, standing there with their foot in the door, like, he's coming for me, because I was, like, the last one. God, those trips, man. And they're always at night, which is... They won't be this time. Well, that's a good point, which, I mean, (laughs) is obvious, because we're not going. If if we were going, we would be stuck stuck at a night game, but it's usually bad weather. Almost died up there. Almost drove off of a mountain. Yeah, yeah, in Morgantown. In Morgantown. Well, I wouldn't it's say an experience. Drove off a mountain. I'd say we um we crashed into an a, embankment. A snow embankment. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's a wild it's a wild trick. It's a I, wild I trip. Say, yeah, it did. That's what you guys had what four years ago, then two years ago, it was us trying to rush to get the pod in to get to the airport on time. Oh, that's right. We heard about the security lines were crazy and they Even converted at, us to the four o'clock in the morning. And, even oh, at four God, o'clock in the morning. I forgot about that. That was insane. Yes, it was. <laughs> we were cutting it close. Those. Uh, I mean, I think about that stuff, and I think, no wonder West Virginia can't win this conference because they probably have just as bad a problem as we do. Yeah. Well, at the least time. they go through a uh, police motorcade, and they can just jump on their yeah. plane. They don't have to go through Pittsburgh. But okay, let's go back a little bit to get you up to date with what's going on. It is Wednesday, just afternoon. Usually on Wednesdays, we talk to Alex Grinch during game weeks. The game is still on as things stand right now with Baylor at home. Final home game this year, we think. So they sent out an email this morning saying uh, there is no media today. Uh, We're hoping to maybe have something tomorrow. Might be with Joe Castiglione. We're trying to push for a talk with him. But... The fact that Alex here, and we've talked about this on the boards, 
I put this out there pretty early, I think Monday night, said, from what we're hearing, and Eddie's kind of heard a lot of the same stuff, most, it's not it's not all, but the, the majority of the COVID-related problems are with the staff on the defensive side of the ball. And I, we said, I said it that way because we had a pretty good idea that Alex Grinch tested positive. And he was supposed to talk to us today. We're not doing any media today. And you think, well, that's bad because that's a play caller. Now, it could be the, you know, the people that he's brought with him, which you would think would be second command, Roy Manning and Brian Odom. Like, if he wasn't, if he wasn't available, like, you'd think, okay, well, even if he's not available, those guys can call plays. But it's likely those two guys have it, too. From now, what we're here now, you said you pointed this out yesterday, Eddie. What Lincoln said when he was asked, "Have any of your staff had this uh, before this week?" and he said August, but there was something else he said that kind of made you. That what was it? I forgot now. About seven, eight, <laughs> nine days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About pointing out that, and I think that it's important to go all the way back to the Bedlam week because it was obvious that there was problems within the program with COVID going into the OSU game, which is now, uh, what, we're th- two and a half weeks removed from that? Yes. And I think it's I think last week was more of a culmination of what is happening within the program as far as it's, it's basically like a revolving door of people testing positive and then being able to be allowed back into the facility. So, like, a week I, and a half, by the way. Week and a half. God, it feels like two weeks. Yeah. It feels like two and a half weeks. Uh so I, I think that it's a situation that, like, do I think that all three of those guys, Alex Grinch, Roy Manning, Brian Odom, are out on Saturday? Right now, I'd say that they'll get at least one of those guys back, but that is purely speculation on my part. That's not you know, basing on, on anything. Almost, yeah. Like, I think that it's possible that somebody came back, and if you're OU, you're really hoping, or if you're an OU fan, you're really hoping that they found a way to get these positives that ended up canceling the West Virginia game or postponing the West Virginia game somewhere in that Monday through Wednesday window of last week right. going into Thanksgiving. Because if that's the case, and if I understand everything that is you know, currently out there as far as CDC requirements and Big 12 requirements, you could get somebody back as late as Friday if they tested positive if on they were positive. Wednesday. Because it's 10 correct? days, right. yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just... It, now, there are... I mean, what's interesting is there are new... I think CNN was the first one to report this, that sources, you know, within the CDC said that their recommendations are getting ready to change to where you either uh, are quarantined 7 to 10 days instead of 14. And what that is is if you get it, then in 7 days... As long as you test negative, you know, after you've tested positive, then you're back out on the street. And then if you if it's just contact tracing, instead of 14 days, it's 10 days. I, I honestly Lincoln, think we should all get medical. But it can be seven days if you have a negative test on the seventh day, I think. Even if you're contact tracing. And the way that Riley phrased things yesterday, that's why it definitely made you think it's multiple coaches. Because he said, 
you know, you've got these contingency plans. Well, if this guy's out, then you move this guy here, move that guy here. Because what happens when that guy is out and that guy is out? So he kind of gave us a hint to hint that defensive staff is, is definitely hit hard. Well, I, and I, it, it makes sense because, you know, Roy Manning coaches the, the corners. Alex Grinch coaches the safeties. What did Bob Stoops coach when he was here? Secondary. Corners. Yep. I mean, people always thought that, you know, back in the days when Bobby Jack was the secondary coach, Bob Stoops was still coaching a position then. Like, I think he kind of gave that up when Mike came back. Uh, and then they hired different secondary coaches and stuff like Kerry Cooks, Josh. Willie Martinez. Josh, <laughs> settle down. Uh, <laughs> big, big, big time hire. Uh, but no, I mean, Bob was a position coach for a very long time. Corners. I mean, so that makes sense that he would be out at practice. They would they would make that call, that, that it would be those guys that would be out. Two things. I would say, you know, A, it was very apparent that this has been a plan for a long time. And I think Lincoln kind of even confirmed that last night on the coaches show as far as what he told Toby and Teddy is that, you know, basically they and he said it yesterday during the Zoom call. They've had this in their back pocket. Like, this wasn't a out-of-the-blue, hey, Bob, can you come help? This was a, all right, let's put the plan in action. Yeah. And the second thing I would say is, like, I... Operation I, Rock and Roll. Operation Rock and Roll. That'd be sweet. If they, like, all he had to do was, like, take a... Uh, he has, like, a the Hard Rock uh, tequila uh, bottle in his office, and he just pulls it. <laughs> and that sends off, like, a bat warning to Bob. Yeah. That'd be f***ing <laughs> sweet if that was the case. Uh, the other thing I would say is that I've been told that the operations staff, and when I say operations staff, I've heard the equipment team has been hit extremely hard over the last couple of years. They had an entire sure. support yeah, sure. staff division basically wiped out. In fact, I had heard that they were getting help from other sports equipment teams. So, I mean, it's it's definitely there. And Female, Women's soccer? That's going around a lot in football right now. I don't know. By the way, the transfer portal is like the women's soccer slash track and field team's best friend. Every day I'm told that there's somebody in there at OU. It's kind of weird. They got a new coach. They do. I, I think they're definitely cleaning house. But he's probably like know. he probably came in there. He's like, this is what I got. If you're looking for insight into the uh, women's soccer program, uh, probably not going to find it here on the U40. But we will hit Sherry Cole's impressive opening game at the end of this. <laughs> oh my god. Well, hey, no, uh, that's uh, that's Jason Kersey's territory. He's going to get the uh, women's soccer team. He'll we'll bring him on for point. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> and we can we'll sign him. him. He doesn't have band to you know kick around anymore. That's true. And we know he doesn't pay attention to men's basketball. So. Not never, Ooh, Bob. Don't don't <laughs> with Bob's territory. He will eat you alive. I think so. Well, let's not judge people that don't watch the men's basketball team all that much. I mean, let's let's not get judgy about it, Bob. There's just college basketball. It's just so much right now. It's just like they they pound you over that. Like just let me let me take me to dinner first. Like it's just nonstop on every channel. I'm a slut. Just got my my legs wide open. I'm ready for Gonzaga <laughs> Baylor tonight. But no, it it it's it's certainly Illini something Baylor. big with what fighting what? Illini against Baylor. I thought Baylor was playing Gonzaga tonight. They might. And you call yourself a basketball fan. 
You really are pretty a sure it's my Illini. He really my, won't take any of them. My dad's fired up about it. <laughs> no, Baylor plays Illinois tonight. That's it. Yep. They play. They play Gonzaga you. Saturday, December fifth, noon. You can watch it. I guess we can't watch. A- it. We'll be at the high school game. Never mind. Thanks for correcting Bob on exactly what he told you. (laughs) I'm just talking my way out of it. I'm talking my way out of it, okay? (laughs) All right, so waiting. Basically, today... God, I hope. Do we have a? Do we have an idea? Do we have an idea if they're going to play? Like, I think we hear something today, and today being Wednesday, if they're not going to play. Yeah, the only thing that worries you is like, the way the NFL stuff works, it's like it's, they trickle out. Like, okay, Lamar Jackson has it. Okay, now two more guys have it. Okay, now Mark Andrews has it. Like, it it, it makes you worry. Like, this is just going to keep trickling out, and it's going to be one player, two player, four player, six. Okay, now it's twelve. But it really hasn't happened that way at Oklahoma. Like, they've been hit hard at the beginning of weeks. And then as the week's gone on, they just haven't had any more positives. Yeah, but I also think that a little bit of that has to do just with, I don't know if longevity is the right word, but this two-week cycle that they've been in, at some point it has to stop, right? I mean, I would hope. You're talking herd immunity, basically, right? I mean... The protocols, yeah, as long as you're still doing them. Yeah, I mean, here's here's basically what it's going to come down to. I think they're either going to cancel it today or they're going to play. One of the if they don't cancel it today, I think they'll play. And as of right well, now, while we're recording this, I feel pretty confident. I don't know. I'd say like a hundred. Like, do you feel like do you feel like Baylor is almost strong arm trying to strong arm him a little bit by saying, you know, we need to know by tomorrow, and you might not have an answer by tomorrow. I mean, by today. Is- funny because Baylor was the one that was secretive with Houston if I remember that story oh right. yeah that they remember they drove all the way there <laughs> they were ready to, they 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 found out while like they were on their bus ready to go into the stadium oh I definitely think oh you just we'll call you back and then they keep calling they keep texting and they're like we told you we'll call you back well, and it's kind of like, you know, Florida State did that to Clemson, and now they're screwed. Like, and now everybody's leaving or declaring for the draft and or opting out or transferring. I mean, that's something that I do want to get into at Texas, some too. point. Texas is starting to have a lot of opt-outs. Yeah. That, that was the rumor with Texas. It saw, would all fall apart. I saw our buddy Catch pointed out that they had seven captains this year, and they're down to two or down to five. With the two opt-outs in uh, Cosme and, and Jaden Stearns. Or Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns, yeah. Did you guys love the tightrope that Sam Ellinger was trying to walk and not disrespecting those two, but basically I would never give up on my team and I'm here to finish it with my team. Yes. Like, it, it, it was amazing the little the uh, leaps he was trying to make without pissing anybody on either side off. Anybody that has opted out in the last, you know, I'd, I'd say couple weeks – they get a free pass for me this year, right. but if this starts happening more and more where guys go, well, can't win a conference championship, I'm going to just opt out, that's a bad look for college football. And I don't think that that would happen. I think that 2020 is just kind of a different animal in COVID. itself. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, I've, it's a bad look for them because, I mean, what, what's going to happen? I mean, the NFL, 
you're a pro, man. You don't get to just opt out when it goes bad. Like, and if that's what you're about, well, you play for the Patriots. They're, they're going to recognize that. Well, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots, bastards. You know, they've been cheating long enough. I mean, if if that was the case in the pros, Jacksonville wouldn't have a team after week 13 normally. <laughs> that's yeah. very true. Well, I mean, Baker would be part of the first Cleveland Browns team to finish a football season in, you know, roughly 15 years. Sure. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so bizarre because no one can point fingers and say, oh, it's your fault we're not playing. Like, because the next week, I mean, ba- like you said, Baylor's already screwed Houston. Yeah. It's just a very, I don't know, peculiar spot because you don't, like... We've gone every week wondering, you get to like a certain point in the week and it's like, you can kind of breathe and be like, all right, they're going to play yep. this week. This this seems normal. But until you get that word or until you get that uh, that sign from whether it be OU or the other team, you just don't know what's going on. I think OSU's headed for something just because karma. Because Gundy was like, we, we're led the nation. We're doing the best that anybody's done. Like, you never want to say that. They only have two more weeks left. And not a hell of a lot to play for. Mm-mm. Well, if which, you can't play these next two games, they might. Which is funny because, yeah. like, it's it's crazy how that works out. Like, does uh, Tevin Jenkins, if, say, oh, you can't play these next two weeks, does Tevin Jenkins go, oh, well, I might, I'll, I'll lock back in. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, I... And the other thing is, it, I don't it think just it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like, sound oh, like he's been at practice, though. I mean, no, no, I, I, I think he is a full pullout or opt out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's pulling out. I bet he doesn't want any kids. Uh, he might have some. You don't know. You don't know these days. He might. I don't know. I don't think he does, though. Did a deep Instagram Did search you? on him one day. That's kind of troubling. Anyway, um. <laughs> Yeah, when you combine that with me talking about him pulling out, it is weird. Uh, so, skipping ahead, ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. Okay, we wanted to tell you guys about uh, who we tell you about every week here on the Unofficial 40. That is Dead Soxy. And uh, I know everybody was taking advantage of the uh, Bedlam's final uh, 41% off. That uh, promo has ended. But it is the holidays, and Dead Soxy wanted to make sure uh, that our listeners, our subscribers had uh, a special that they could use during the season. Uh, so right now, if you use the promo code Holiday Pro, that's H-O-L-I-D-A-Y-P-R-O, all one word, you get 35% off site-wide, uh, including uh, collabs uh, that they've got running on the site. DeadSoxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And Eddie, you were telling me that uh, you knew OSU fans that listen to the pod that were even using the the forty one percent off. Yeah, so it's they not got just for OU fans. You can get anything, and that, yeah. that's the, probably the best way about it because you can pick and choose what colors you want. Uh, you know, everything that goes into it. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. It's easy for a brother, for you know, hell, even a sister maybe if she likes them. So, uh, you know, Holiday Pro, one word, thirty five percent off. You could take care of your stocking stuffers in one one swoop don't even have to get done with it so uh i i can't say enough about these socks i wear them every day i think the 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 cutoff socks are the best golf sock i've ever worn so uh holiday pro deadsoxy.com 
That's uh, 35% off, uh, 5% over the normal promo that we give you. So 35% off using that promo code. Go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And as always, stay soxy. Uh, so Lincoln Riley had his press conference yesterday. We talked to Delarian Turner-Yell. We talked to Braden Willis. Uh, and that's it. And, and that was it. That's all our media so far this week. And probably all the media will do. But I thought, you know, like, John Hoover tried to, like, kind of trick uh, Delarian Turner-Yell into saying what position Bob Stoops was coaching. And he was like, oh, he's just coaching everything. I mean, by process of elimination, I don't think he's probably working with running backs. No. I don't think he's working with offensive linemen. No. Probably not working with quarterbacks. Can you imagine? Step over, Lincoln. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. <laughs> hey Spencer, come here. I got I got something I wanna I got a pick, I got a bone to pick with you. Spencer, I've I noticed play, something. I've been scheming. Oh god. That'd be sweet if he was though. They should come out running the triple option. It's not like he's Switzer. Maybe, he brought Mike maybe Leach he wants, here. Maybe he wants to instill the triple option. Maybe Ninja would be more like it. That would be cool. I do think it's kind of interesting, though, Like just the conversation as far as, and it's been had on the board a couple times, like in this imaginary world, what if they are down Alex Grinch, Brian Odom, and Roy Manning on Saturday? Like Chip Viney won, who, who becomes a position coach. Who calls the defense? Right, you can't do it by I mean, team, by like. And I know I think, that Lincoln would say would that be, they would. I think it would be one of those things where Bob would probably have final say. I mean, can Bob cram, you know, all their terminology and in all their calls? Can he can he cram session that stuff and be ready to call a football game by Saturday? I don't know. It's a fascinating That's conversation my- to have. Yeah, that that's my big thing. Like, I've got no doubt he understands the concepts, but the terminology, that's a different thing altogether. Now, I will say, and Carrie, you brought it up. I think you asked uh, Deller and Turner Yell uh, yesterday about it, just as far as... It is a one, simple defense. The one thing that they've said over and over again is the simplicity of what they do within the Speed D. And, you know, maybe... There's probably a lot of terminology that, and I, I'm sure that Teddy or somebody would be able to say better, but like what they're trying to do, I'm sure, is said a different in multiple ways everywhere around the country, but maybe there is just one word that they use. I, I have no idea. The one, the one person that could probably translate best for Bob Stoops would be Calvin Thibodeau. Sure. Because he could relate things to you know what Bob knows about defense to what they're doing now. That's a good point. And I would imagine those two have spent a lot of time together this week. I, on a chalkboard, maybe, or just looking at film. It, it did kind of, uh, I guess, make me laugh in a way, too, that, like, you know, yesterday it's blown up. Bob's back on the practice field. It's not like the guy has not been around the program over the last four years. Now, he's not there every day. He's not in meeting rooms with them. But he's definitely been around the team. He's been to games. Like, he I didn't... Mean, and I'm, you know, I, it made me feel old as fuck yesterday. But when Braden Willis and uh, DTY talk about like being on the practice field for the first time with Bob, it's like, oh god, he, they, these guys yeah. probably just think he's Drake's dad. <laughs> and I'm, well, I mean, they look at him being as sarcastic. He's, he's but, got his own goddamn statue. I mean, sure. 
someone that has a statue is now coaching you and built that program into what it is now and where they wanted to come to school, like he's got to seem a little bit like a mythical figure. I don't know. I don't, you know, because once Lincoln took took over, it just feels like, you know, the younger kids, you just kind of filter out what happened in the past and you're looking to build on the future. Because, I mean, the only the red, the red shirt seniors would know who Bob is, really. And that's really about it. Like, to, who, to an extent. Who, but I mean, he coached he Trey Brown. He coached Trey Norwood. I mean. No. No, what? they weren't around. The only four guys what? that are around were Caleb Kelly, Swenson, yeah. Chance Sylvie, and, and John Michael Terry. All those other guys would have came in, correct me if I'm For wrong, Riley's Bob, but that would have been Riley's yeah. first year when Trey Brown came into the Oklahoma State game? Yes, 2017. Yeah. Hmm. Now, he would have. they went through spring with him if they were right. early enrollees, yeah. but right. they wouldn't they have ever years. played a season yeah. with them. So, yeah, f- there you too. a lot of mid-years. I was right. No, f- I, I, I still, I would... <laughs> I would still say though that I'm like they sorry. know who he is. I mean, it's not like a foreign figure walking in. Everybody knows who he is within the program. He's been around the program. I mean, if you're if you grow up watching, it's like saying, you know, I, if you're. I would say some of those kids haven't talked to him though. They know who he is, but they've never actually sure. had any. I think that's fair. Still, if you grow up and you watch college football at all, and I know not every kid's going to be big on watching college football, but. If you know anything about college football, especially kids in this state or around this region or from Texas, like, you know who the f*** Bob Stoops is? Let, uh, we, we should come up with a ranking, like, of the players least likely to know <laughs> who Bob Stoops is. I would put Jaden Davis, probably, yeah, on the Jay, South yeah. Florida guy. Yep. Like, no, <laughs> Nick no Benito. Connection. Nick Benito's a good one. Um, let's think here. But you gotta Eric know, like, Parts, Creed Humphrey maybe? knows plenty about Bob sure. Stoops. Oh, I mean. sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he was vaguely recruited by Bob. Not vaguely. He was Bob was head coach while he was being recruited. Yeah. There's another one, you bastards. Well, he didn't play for him, but I mean, he didn't you know, play for. Like, <laughs> so I mean, there's definitely a connection. I get what you're saying. Ooh, Noah Arenze. There's no chance Noah Arenze <laughs> knows. Or knows Reggie Bob Grimes. Six. I mean, Woody Washington. Yeah. Yeah, Reggie, his dad being a football guy, like I, I, I bet Reggie knows him. But I, there are several guys that I guarantee you, like, oh, this dude used to coach here. Like, really? Oh, there's somebody here before Lincoln. That's cool. Oh, I think every guy on the roster knows who he is. I mean, there's pictures of the guy I... everywhere in the facility. Well, okay, if you wanted, to, but I mean, but like, would know him? Like, know who? We, like, Bob Stoops' name would mean something. Like, I could see right. recognizing that's him the, from like pictures that's and what stuff. I'm saying. Right. Sure, but like knowing who he is, something. I, I don't know. Too, it's yeah. time to put Bob's name on something in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, they should rename if you're the a player there, post-game podium the new after press him. Box. Uh, that the was new my press joke box. when we I asked him that a long time ago. He thought that was pretty funny. I think you'd do it. We're in new wave, Bob. He's slanging tequila he, all I'll over tell the you state. This, Bob Stoops. Seems he he seems about as media friendly as Bobby Bowden compared to Lincoln Riley. Mm. Beware of what you wish for. Say that again. I'm saying Bob Stoops seems like the most media friendly person in the world compared to Lincoln Riley. Oh oh oh! For some reason, I Bobby you Bowden said, being media friendly. I thought you said Bobby Bowden. I was like, what? How's that have anything to Survivor? By the way, Bobby Bowden. 
COVID survivor. Yeah, he is. COVID brother. <laughs> do you guys have like a support group? Do you I mean do you talk frequently or can we not do COVID jokes right now? Yeah, I'm we have dealing a, with the situation on the board. We have a Slack chat. Anyway. No, he, they need to put his <laughs> name on something. Just so that the kids that are there that won't have ever played for him are like, oh, this is Bob Stoops' room. I don't know. We'll see how he does this week. <laughs> he needs <laughs> to earn it. <laughs> he hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> you know, there if there was one thing that I took out of yesterday, and I I think everybody can agree the you know, Bob went through kind of that those dark years of the Stoops era and then they finally kind of found their footing again and obviously handed everything off to Lincoln and the rest is history. But I think if there's anything that I took out of uh, yesterday was the fact that there is still a significant strong love for Bob Stoops in the state of Oklahoma among OU fans. Oh, yeah. Like, there, you always kind of wondered, like, and I think, you know, there's obviously people that, you know, bitch and moan about how things went down in 2014 or 2015 even, uh, or I, I guess 13 and 14. I guess you could throw 12 in there, too. Sorry, Gabe. It it just, you never know, like, how he was remembered. But I think, like, all those ills or all those wrongs have been righted. Like, there is still a a strong love and infatuation with Bob Stoops for Oklahoma fans. Well, and there should be. I mean, think of oh, how yeah, many no national doubt. title. No, no, I, I, I know you feel the same. But, you know, I, I think people don't think about that enough. How many coaches that have won national titles that have had the duration that he has in the last 20 years have left under good terms? Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, Urban Meyer at Florida. I mean, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Even though he left Ohio State very, you know, very cupboard is full, he left him amid scandal. Like, I mean, there is, there's not many guys that exit that gracefully and even though it was so weird the way it all happened, and obviously we've spent many podcasts talking about that, but, I mean, the guy left it in great shape both off the field and on the field and has given Oklahoma, you know, a, a guy that's got a chance to be one of their great head coaches. I think that's why there's, you know... I'd... By the way, uh, I mean, I think the the end of Bob Stoops gets a bad rap. I mean, 2014 was awful, but we talked about it before. 2013 really is one of the better non-championship seasons in mm-hmm. Oklahoma history. The Notre Dame win, the Alabama win at the end of the season, and that was a good football team. That, the win in Stillwater. That, that's an yeah. OSU game I'll remember forever. With three oh, I, different I, quarterbacks. I, I don't think that it's crazy to say, and it might. I can't remember who mentioned this, but that might have been his best coaching job with that team. They literally yeah. went to Stillwater and won with three different quarterbacks. Yeah. I think everybody went back and watched that Bedlam game, you know, during Bedlam week a couple weeks ago. And the best of which is now an NFL tight end. I mean, like, we're not talking about some young superstar that emerged. And then he went to the first college football playoff. I mean. Yeah. No. and Or the second. I guess I I didn't mean to say, like, the dark years had really hit Norman or anything like that. But I I think everybody kind of knows the. Well, I mean, there's no doubt if he had not made the changes with offensively that he made. He was headed in a, and his, I think a lot of people always remember that his loyalty was a little bit of his downfall, but I doubt Bob would ever say anything like that because I think he values loyalty more than anything. Yeah. He's just a loyal guy. He's a, 
He's a, and he was a genuine guy, and you knew that he wasn't doing anything, you know, just massively shady. Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I think that, like, what Eddie's talking about from, like, 2010 to 2013, or I guess 2012, more, you know, more realistic. Well, the 09 season, you know. Yeah. Well, but so much weird. Of that had nothing yeah. to do with him. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think that's kind of like, 1981 through 83 for Switzer like it was just kind of a hiccup and the program felt like oh is it gonna which which way is it gonna go here and you know he he made the right moves and changes and obviously found a quarterback and the you know like Eddie said earlier the rest is kind of history from there and I think that that kind of just reemphasizes the point that I guess this would probably be a super homer comment but OU's like one of the only places that something like this could happen where Bob comes back into the program, still affiliated with the program. And I'm not saying that there's a speed hump or anything in the way, but it, it's just almost seamless. Like he just steps right back into it. Because as you said, Josh, there's a lot of places around the country that guys have left and the way that they left or the way that they were pushed out or whatever. Look at the coaches in waiting that have just been disasters. I mean, oh, the the ones that have worked out, you could count on one hand. Yeah, and I don't even know if you'd need all five I think fingers. It's Ohio State and Oklahoma, isn't it? Hey guys, we hadn't even talked about this. Will Muschamp now available for Texas? Like, something <laughs> yes. it could all he can finally, finally be the head coach in waiting. Full circle. <laughs> I swear, it's been floated out there that uh, if TCU were to move on from Gary Patterson, Will Muschamp would be one of the first calls they make. I could see TCU doing something like that. Why cannot people? Why can people just not accept what he is? He's a great defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. He's just not a head coach. And people will just keep shoving that square peg into the round hole, thinking it's going to be different for some reason. Every time a hire like that comes up, I just think of those Auburn fans on the tarmac screaming five and nineteen. Gene Chizik is not what we want. That's one of the all-time airport stakeout oh, videos. Great. Like it might be the airport stakeout video. It's the definitive I wish airport stakeout video. It, yeah. it really makes me go back all the way to. It's what it it's what got us to go to airports. Really, it's, it's what should have been on the Kevin Wilson video, but he couldn't talk that night. <laughs> Both well, no, but contractually, it would have had to be, contractually, it would have had to be, and uh, for FCC purposes, he would have had to been taking the job. At Oklahoma and having people there booing him. <laughs> at, uh, at speaking Max Westheimer Municipal Airport. <laughs> speaking of beautiful karmic coaching decisions, Tennessee and Rutgers have as many wins as each other right now, uh, and Rutgers has played one less game. Hey, Tennessee did announce today that they will accept a bowl invitation. <laughs> I bet they will. I, I for some reason it's come up this week and it's been circulating out on uh, Twitter, but the shots that Tennessee was taking. Uh, oh, during yeah. the summer when OU was ranked 41st in recruiting. and Yeah, then, Boston College, Tennessee, some weird schools taking shots. And, yeah. you, and you look up, and all of a sudden, Tennessee has lost five games in a row by double digits for the first time in school history. How's that working out for you there, Coach Pruitt? He must, he must be on top of the are they as yeah. Are they as yeah. bad as Texas when it comes to quarterback development? Tennessee? Worse. Yeah, worse. Sam Ellinger's. I mean, Sam Ellinger's a good player. Colt McCoy was a great player. I mean, they they, they have some history. When when's the last Peyton time Tennessee Manning. had a meaningful quarterback? Peyton Manning. Before that, he Schuler. 
Like, God. I mean, <laughs> it's so it, bad. It's insane. That, but they I won mean, the championship with T. Martin. That never made Because, guys, you remember Guarantano was a guy, oh, you really wanted. <laughs> yes. They, I mean, he was one of their primary yep. guys. Yeah. And he's just awful. It's kind of unbelievable. But to say that I don't enjoy it would be a complete fabrication. So there is something about Tennessee being bad that I enjoy. And I and I love Rocky Top. Like I'm one of those guys when we used to go to the rivals convention conventions in Nashville and they'd play Rocky Top. I'm like bobbing my head like we'd be one of the bars and they'd be playing Rocky Top or something and that that's amazing. Like I, I I like a lot about Tennessee, but there is something about watching that fan base crash and burn that I do enjoy. It's kinda like the Texas thing. I mean, come on. It's been been a decade, almost more than a decade now. But they're an elite program. Got some slightly disturbing news just now. Oh no, I don't like this. We don't know context. It's about yeah. Creed, it's about Creed Humphrey. Uh oh. He just posted uh, his uh, top Spotify listens. Of 2020. Oh God! I thought it was gonna. I thought you were gonna tell me something important. Well, it was, <laughs> this this could be. Kerry's not. He's wrong. a big country guy, isn't he? Number two. Uh, I may have been uh, sent this by someone from the band. Uh, number two is Kings of Leon, but number one. Oh no! I'm gonna start a fight here. Turnpike Troubadours, number one. Oh no! I don't. I don't have the I've, disdain uh, for him like you do. I've. I've been taking on all comers when it comes to Turnpike Troubadours fans. Now you got to take on your son. Yeah, this is stop literally it. breaking up the family, Bob. We we have to stop this. I mean, he ha- I just saw the Jessica Cootie who did a great job on this one, by the way, Jessica. I know I ripped you last week. Did a great job on his wrestling career, uh, and they interviewed his... He has an actual father. It's not me. So we have to stop this. Sounds like you've been getting death threats, have you? No, no. But his dad raised a bunch of wrestlers for sons. They could kick my ass. <laughs> That's true. I I did see that, and I did not realize that Creed was such an accomplished wrestler growing up. Well, so was Bray Walker. It hadn't helped him so far. That's a fact. So was Q, you know, Q Overton. Yeah, I yep. mean, they, Q was did really he was really good. Yeah, yeah. he was going to wrestle yeah. at OU. That was he did wrestle. Yeah. I think for a year for his freshman year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I uh, want to say he went back out for a year, maybe going into a senior year. Or intended year. to. He meant, he meant to, and I don't think he... I okay. Think, well, yeah. and, and guys, like that's the thing that always amazes me about Bray Walker. Like, you look at Creed, you look at Marquise, those are high-energy, like, they, they're they wrestlers. They're moving, their feet are moving, they're active, and they're, you know, borderline overly aggressive. Bray Walker, you're always like, dude, like, you're a wrestler, man. You're supposed to be nasty, and he's just... He's just a nice kid. Like, and it doesn't, he's a nice kid off the field. He's a nice kid on the field. Like, I, I, I never, it feels like it should translate and it just doesn't. Is there so talking Bray Walker? He's the backup right, uh, right tackle now. <laughs> Which suits him better. I think that suits him better than guard. Yes. I, I, yeah. Because guard, I mean, you got, I mean, there's a reason guys like Ben Powers and Drew Samia excelled at guard. Like, you gotta have a little little junkyard dog, just nasty, and yeah. he's got it, or he doesn't. All right, um, I've I've thrown off now. 
Turnpike Troubadours. Poor Creed. Creed got, got you off. He is so distraught right now. He's like throwing things. I know you guys can't hear it, but it's just it's just, it's just disappointing. <laughs> he's, he's not mad. He's just disappointed. Uh, I'm not mad at is him. Is he throwing the father son pictures of he and Creed? He's burning them. Oh. He has a he has a shredder and then he burns the shred <laughs> shred pile. I do have a shredder. It's right over there. It's right there. I have one. I have one right behind me. Yeah. Oh, so that's why you're asking for all the votes from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> stop it god please god. stop it well i mean we can we can do recruiting i it just it does feel like oklahoma hasn't played a football game in almost a month for as strange as that may seem yeah and i i mm-hmm. i'm hesitant to really talk too much about baylor who is not a terrible football team it's just are we previewing the baylor game or are we previewing the west virginia game right now i'm not sure we won't know for another few hours probably is it screwed up to say that I feel like there's a better chance they play Baylor than they play West Virginia. Absolutely. And I don't know if, like, the Big 12 would come back and say, like, take the ACC route and just basically say, all right, oh, we're good. Oh, how about that shit, huh? Oh, it's, just, it's, <laughs> about, un, it's a smart move on the ACC's it is, part, but, but it's bullshit. But you're stacking the deck. No, that's exactly what they've done. And I don't know. I And the, should the Big 12 follow suit? If they play this game, I mean, Oklahoma State won't want that. No. As as like a Catholic, I guess I'm supposed to like Notre Dame, but it just it it and I mean it what grinds is, my gears a little bit that they is, go into a conference, don't lose a game, and all of a sudden they're just placed into the championship. And what does Miami have to say about that? I mean, right? I mean, they've lost one game. I know. I just don't think Miami's very good. I don't either. I but they, yeah, don't go to Clemson and get housed. Is Miami and Oklahoma State, though, they're in the exact same situations? I mean, if we want to talk about the college football rankings, I, it's, it's the most overhyped, meaningless television show in the history of ESPN. I, I love it right now because you know why I love it? You probably know why I love it. Is because... Well, they made a Kirk Herbstreit apologize for not saying anything that was bad. No, but the rankings have come out in the exact way they needed to come out to piss off the most possible Texas A&M fans. I'll just say because this. as I'm, long as Ohio I'm, State I'm cheering for doesn't play, I'm che- I'm pulling for Bo Nix, which that's a don't ever cheer for a while loser. you're praying and fasting tomorrow. <laughs> pray for me and Bo Nix. Hey, just get these new CDC guidelines. All right, Stitter, you do that. We're good. Get him, get him, get him going in the state. Somebody have to wake him up. Um, but no, I mean, I. You've still lost, but what's the problem with the the CFP committee putting Ohio State like at six until they played more games? I mean, they've shown in the past that they're not afraid to make bizarre moves. In the last rankings. I mean, the most bizarre move that they made yesterday, North Carolina moves up after up. getting beat after. at home by two touchdowns and not scoring yep. in the second half. That's, that's strange. They've lost three games, right? They've lost that was three their third loss. They've lost to Florida State, who Florida State, they're opting out of the season. Pretty the much. The entire program has. Pretty much. It's unbelievable. OSU moves up eight spots for holding on. And not covering, I think Desmond Jackson should be taken off scholarship, too, for not scoring there. By the way, last week, and he could have scored. Like it didn't matter. Like he could have, he could have walked is, into the end zone. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that he should not have scored. 
I'm saying if he would have scored, it would have only helped them. They weren't going to win that. They weren't going to come back if he scored that. Like you weren't get, you score when you go up less than seven. They were already up in that game by four, weren't they? They were by six. It was by fifty six. to forty-four. So there's there yeah. was no no reason for not scoring. It's kind of like the Chuba Hubbard thing, like or not Chuba the. Uh, um, I, why am I confusing the Cleveland Browns running back with Chuba Hubbard? Chubb? Chubb. Nick Chubb. Like, he didn't need to run out of bounds. And I had nothing on that game. Oh, yeah. But but th- there was no way for the other team to come back. All they could have done is scored another touchdown and still lost the game. Well, I mean, I understand the ideology. It, it is the smart move not to score, though, there. They were right. only up by six because... You can just take a knee and the game's over. If they score, Boom. and then they get say, the two, yeah. say Tech scores a touchdown, gets the yeah, onside, the hits a bomb, yep. and then you lose the game. Oh, she was up by six. Yeah. Yeah, Tech would have had to have a miracle happen in order to win that game. Sure, but, I mean, but there were strange things have happened. Fast scoring drives in that. That was a wild game. I mean, OSU's defense was the only surprising thing to me about that game. They just weren't very good. No, they were terrible. They were awful. I mean, you spend all that energy and effort holding Ramondre Stevenson down for three quarters, and then you just let that guy run all over you? I mean, they still have given up 41 and 44 in the last two weeks, the last two times yeah. they've played. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go to Fort Worth and lose. They're not losing to TCU. They might. Ah, no. Depends how, how much they still care i mean remember sure. that championship pep rally oh i the winter i had kind of forgotten about that until that resurfaced uh after the bedlam game and like i mean you can you can definitely say it's a disappointing season in stillwater i don't know i'm sure that osu fans would agree with that but it's it's been a shit show they had their best team that they've had in years and they've lost uh twice now and i mean i guess they need some things They're to get back into the care. Big i mean if OU loses a I, game i mean, I mean they, they, they played West Virginia. They know West Virginia is decent. But how much are they betting on that happening when Tevin Jenkins is opting out? I mean, like they, there's clearly not a lot of belief in that team that they're playing any right. more meaningful football games. And it felt like that Saturday, watching the story going through the motions. Well, now that they got Desmond Jackson at running back, they don't have to rely on that loser, Juba Hubbard. He just doesn't. I don't. I don't know. I, I I was on his side early in that whole thing, but he seems like he's been kind of a punk this year. Or hurt. He's either uh, been hurt or he's just, I don't know. Their offensive line isn't very good. So I don't he definitely know. hasn't been the guy that I think everybody thought he was going to be, and I don't know if you can blame that on the I – think, I think there's blame to go on everybody that is a part of that. Offensive line, Cuba himself. Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, because I can't throw the ball and open things up. It's just been a comedy of errors. Mike Gundy, mostly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Casey honestly, Dunn. It's been weird. Welcome to the Oklahoma State podcast. Uh, Pistols uh, Fire can just cut and clip all of that <laughs> and just put it in there. You're welcome, Carson. Uh, all right. So, uh, Bob, I, uh, let's let's talk about recruiting. You got uh, state championships coming up. Uh, all kinds of stuff in state. Josh, you've got stuff that you're headed to. Where are we headed with recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I got to be possible honest. visits I, this weekend. I I absolutely thought Choctaw and Edmund Santa Fe were going down last week. I I did. I didn't think we'd be covering any state championships. 
but instead, uh, me and Eddie will try to pull the doubleheader off Saturday. We'll go Santa Fe, Jenks at one, and then head to Norman for OU. It's Tucks that will miss Choctaw, Bixby, but that's just sort of the way the schedule works out. But yeah, be, before we dive into what Josh is doing the, this weekend, we definitely have to talk about the five-star visitor that is finally making his way to Norman. Josh? Yeah, uh, Amekic Buka, the five-star wide receiver from, how would you guys presume to say that? Stelecum? St- st- that's, how I, that's how I've been, but I, I know that's wrong. I just say yeah, Washington. Right. Yeah, he is from Washington, the state. So we'll, we'll go with that area. You know, basically the Seattle area. Um, the guy that we've been talking about for months, if, if he could make a visit, if this could come together, then maybe something happens. And, um, you know, that, that news broke on Monday afternoon. And I, it was one of those things where I'd heard it. I'd been trying to check with people. And then Brandon Huffman, uh, from 24 seven actually had it. Um, want to give him credit. He's a good guy, good reporter. Um, and, and then wait, wait you got to tell people what happened next. Though, oh, absolutely. Bob. No, no. I, I want to fill this in completely. So I have had no luck. Adam Gorney has had no luck. There, there has been no connection with Emeka Ibuka. Bob looks up his phone number in the rivals database, hits him up, and he's like, oh, Bob, what did he, I, I, you, you need to fill in how that went. I mean, you must have asked an amazing question. I do what I do with all top tier kids. I go, I'm, I, promise i won't bug you that much but can you confirm that you're heading to ou this weekend it's like yes i can i am going i mean <laughs> guys that's journalism that's the brick and mortar right there that, that's you know done those top and done. kids don't want to deal with yes. new people they don't even know so it's like exactly. i'm not going to be texting you every 30 minutes this entire week now i'm just telling you can you confirm it? And I said, hey, I appreciate it once again. I, I promise I'll try not to bug you. I might have to get in touch with you later in this week. But thanks a lot for getting back to me. And said, sure. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the thing is, Bob's not technically lying because if I call him every 30 minutes, Bob didn't lie. Bob didn't do anything wrong. So, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, did you but tell no, him where um, you were from? <laughs> what outlet you were representing? I did say, I've, I, yeah, I go, this, um, Bob was sooner scoop. You, you know, I, I don't want to bug you that much, but can you please confirm that you're coming to OU? Or can mm. can you confirm? It's like, yes, I can. And I'm if you can't, coming. we have the largest OU website, and we, were over, we will overwhelm you with our numbers <laughs> and never let you have a moment's peace. You, we should start trying that again. approach. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen, answer, or we're going to make this awful for you. <laughs> I kind of uh, like that. <laughs> but now, well, to, the other approaches, track, the other uh, approaches don't seem to work. So we might as well just try that one. <laughs> there, there's some truth in it. I mean, you, you got to shoot every bullet. Um, but Ibuka a, a, a is a guy, uh, the number one wide receiver in the country, number eleven overall player. I know uh, we did our updated rankings this week, and you know we can get into that in a little bit if we want to. But uh, Mike Farrell said something interesting where he kind of said. This guy had a chance to become the number one overall player in this class, but when his season got pushed back, that made it really hard to kind of to justify any moves for him. I mean, he really hasn't been doing anything. So uh, this is an immensely talented guy. I, I, I've seen and heard some, some comparisons to C.D. Lamb. I, I think if you're going to make that comp, he's a guy with a little more speed than C.D. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be as good. We'll see how that goes. But there are some similar traits 
but I think he has a little bit more ability to stretch the field than uh, than CD ever did. So th- this is, like I said, this is an elite guy. Um, really, I, I think it's going to come down to Oklahoma and Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's clearly the leader coming into this visit. We'll see what can really happen for Oklahoma since they won't, you know, have an ability to give him the full the full rundown. But he's there with Caleb Williams, who has really been one of the primary people involved in getting getting it this far down the road for Oklahoma. I mean, I think he was a huge part of Oklahoma making the final list, and he's continued to talk to Igbuka and built that relationship. And now, you know, like I said, there are other schools involved. I mean, Washington's there, Clemson's there. But I really think it's Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Washington. And I think when he comes down to it, it's going to be the two out-of-state schools. And, you know, he said before he didn't want to make a decision until he visited Oklahoma, and now, now he gets his chance. Did you ever think he meant that, Josh? I seriously thought he was not. He's never, ever going to show up here. I I wasn't sure. Like I said, when I read that quote that, like, I don't want to do this until I've seen Oklahoma, because I had heard, like, multiple people, he was vaguely expected for the Sooner Summit, and then it just didn't right. happen. But, I mean, there, there was – oh, I mean, it, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I want to get that in if I can. I mean, he was always very clear – I want to make a trip. I want to take a visit. And so, I, 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 guys, we all know. I mean, words are words. I mean, especially for a 17-year-old kid. They say stuff, and they may mean it, but that doesn't mean they can make it come together. This is a kid paying his own COVID way. COVID got worse, too. It's COVID's got yes. worse. It's like, there's no way he's going to try to make this trip. Yeah, I mean, if, with, with Washington and how bad their early outbreak was, they may quarantine him for a month when he gets back from Oklahoma. I don't know. But, uh but no, you know, this is, um, like I said, this is a big-time guy that is going to hang out with Caleb Williams. And I, like I said, I've, I've said for several months, if Oklahoma could get him on campus, I think they have an absolutely very legitimate shot. And this, 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 could, be, this could be the moment for Oklahoma. I, I know that we've talked about this every time that Caleb Williams' name comes up, it seems like. It's still just a little amazing to me. And... I almost remember back to everybody knowing Spencer Rattler in a way, but it's still a little amazing to me that just his reach and being able to get kids, and I guess his peers, to travel across the country during a pandemic and take part in stuff like this. It's still like, it it doesn't make sense to me. Like if I was on the outside looking in, A, I would hate the kid if he was committed anywhere else, and B... I just would be asking so many questions of how is this happening? I just want everyone to know that I don't ever doubt Caleb Williams and his oh. abilities to do anything. Well, you never have. You never. No, have. I'm not saying I never have. I'm just saying I don't anymore. <laughs> he can do anything. Yes. I believe in him completely. It, I, like I said, I, I have never seen anything like it. And what's been funny is watching other guys try to emulate it. You know, you, yep. You've seen LSU with Garrett Nussmeyer and, you know, our old buddy Brock Vandegrift at Georgia has tried to put some stuff together. And the the difference is, yeah, they've had great visit weekends when those guys put them together. It's not that hard for LSU or Georgia to get 12 or 15 guys on campus that are of elite nature because there's 12 or 15 within an hour's drive. Like, it doesn't work like that for Oklahoma. So, the fact that he's helped had such a big role in getting some really elite guys on campus and knowing what he – I mean, and it hasn't just been 2021. He's built relationships in 2022, 
and a lot of those guys are talking about him in, in much the same way that guys used to talk about Buki. You know, like, oh, I know Buki. You know, they may not know Caleb Williams well. They may have only talked to him once. But there's that they feel like they're connected to him. And I think that makes Oklahoma more attractive because not only is he a great player, but they feel like, you know, the quarterback, the number five guy in the country, he wants me to come there and, you know, he knows what good players are. You know, they got the Saturday night kickoff, Josh. So do you think there's uh, any chance at all maybe those kids that are playing Friday somehow are able to get to get up to Norman and Caleb figures it out so that they can all be to you know there to watch the, to watch the game there's some possibilities I mean like you know I know uh I sent I said it a couple of weeks ago when Bryce Foster snuck up to Oklahoma for the Stillwater game he didn't want that to be out so I sent him a message today I was like hey man if you're going to take a trip and you don't want it to be known clap twice you know so we're, we're I it he has a um, he has an off week this week, to my understanding. Mm-hmm. If I'm re- looking at his schedule correctly and there hasn't been any changes that I've missed, he has another open week, and A&M's going to be in, in, uh, at Auburn. So there's plenty of reason to think something could happen there if, if he wants it to. So we'll see. I, I, again, I want to be very clear. I don't expect Bryce Foster to come up again you know, twice in three weeks. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, there is that possibility. Now, I will say I've talked to some people around Kamar Wheaton, and I don't expect him to come up. And I know, you know, I talked about it in Oklahoma. Like, everybody is going to turn that into, well, that just means he's not coming. This is Kamar Wheaton, man. Just don't assume you know anything. Like, because I, I cover this. I've done this a long time, and I've never been more vexed by a guy than I am with this guy. Because this is a guy that's not talking really to any of the three schools he's supposed to be deciding between. Like, he's not had much contact with Oklahoma. He's not had much contact with Alabama. I don't think he's talked to LSU in months. And this is a guy that's supposed to be... season is over, correct? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't have a game. He is done. He can absolutely go take a trip and not have to worry about, oh, I missed Saturday meetings or anything like that. Like, he is free to go. And to my understanding, he's not going anywhere this weekend. All right. Sorry. I was trying to play a little clip for you. You don't know him. That was it. <laughs> All right. That's All that, right. that is one of the so, best commercials going right now. So th- those are guys who maybe can come Saturday, but who is Josh going to mm-hmm. see Thursday on Thursday and Friday? Yeah, I, I, you know it's been a crappy few weeks. Was supposed to go see Kamar and Jordan Hudson last week. Obviously, like we just said, I can't make up for Kamar, but. Um, with Eddie seeing the explosive game he saw earlier this year, we're Don't pretty much covered. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, no, I will get a chance to see Jordan on Friday night. Going to go in South Garland. Um, the last time he was on the field, he had nearly 200 yards receiving. So maybe the off week will, you know, will reverse my jinx and he'll he'll be able to put up a big week. Um, and then the other side on Thursday night, I'm going to go see Cody Jackson again. Uh, second time to see him in a few weeks. What is happening? I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I can't even tell what that's saying. It's, I'm, it's uh, a stupid progressive Dr. Rick commercial. Yeah. Don't and know then, who that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believe that um, 100%. Totally. Yeah. Eddie's. I, I would be interested to see if Eddie even has health insurance. I'm, I'm not sure that he does. <laughs> I never get sick. Uh, besides getting the coronavirus and surviving it. So um, that's what you're going to want on your tombstone, isn't it? I survived the coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, Along with some other things, yes. 
after you die in a Weather fiery car accident. Yeah, college we, we game should, day. Have you, you ever heard of it? Thank you, Bob. <laughs> we should have one of our like artistic listeners come up with Eddie's a headstone, like just just to draw it up, see what that's going to look. I'm like. I'm sure that there's a yeah, lot but, of people out there that would like to draw up a headstone for me. Yes, yes, I, I have no doubt. Eddie. <laughs> I have none. Um, but uh, just to finish up, well, Cody Jackson will be playing Klein Kane, which has a uh, Jaden Blue, the 2022 running back that is the rivals number one running back in the country in his class that is kind of gone forgotten i think by a lot of oklahoma fans that are very focused on guys like gavin sawchuck and relique brown but you know like i said you know guys we're talking about this 2021 class could close really strong the momentum for 2022 is very good right now i mean i i really like the direction they're heading uh you know we didn't even we kind of glossed over it jake taylor a big offensive tackle from bishop gorman is expected in this weekend um, a 2022 offensive tackle offer uh, from Las Vegas. So he's supposed to be on campus. Now, that's not really connected to what Caleb Williams is doing, but I'd be very surprised if they didn't connect at some point, uh, just Caleb being the way he is with the recruiting guys. So there are um, there's a lot going on. And like I said, with Jaden Blue, I, I've talked to a few people. This is a guy that Oklahoma is absolutely serious about. And um, like I said, it'll be my first chance to see him and Jordan Hudson on Friday in person. That's very exciting. Now there were uh, there have been a few guys that have that have announced announcements recently, right? Of significance. Let's see. We've uh, yeah yeah Tristan, Tristan Lee, Lee on right? Sunday. Yep. Tristan Lee, and then uh, Savion Bird has announced he'll be do, he'll make his announcement on the the, the Wednesday of signing day. Yeah. Yes. And then you've obviously and got Bryce, Bryce Foster Friday, that following Friday. 18th. Yep. Yep. So I'll be working on my birthday yet again. Well, when you look at Tristan Lee and he says it'll be uh, January 2nd when they do that two-hour celebration thing, you think he's going to sign first or is it too early to know? I I would bet he signs. I I mean, at this point, what does he he need to say? I mean, what's he going to do that he hasn't done? He's been to all the campuses. He's visited them all unofficially. I mean, what's he – it's not like he he knows official visits aren't going to open up in January, so that's not coming for him. So at some point, you're just like you're just delaying this to delay it. And I think I honestly I felt like OU's had a pretty solid lead for about a month, month and a half now. So I think it would take something pretty drastic to change. You know, whether it's a coaching change or something, it's something that I you know there's no reason to expect to happen. You know, it, it, and I guess we'll probably get into this maybe next week as far as, uh, you know, it's two weeks from today is the early signing period. Do you feel, Bob and Josh, do you feel like this is going to be uh, the strong close that I think Oklahoma fans would want? I do, and I think it'll just be those few names. Like, I, I don't see this class growing much beyond what it is right now and i think part of that is because of the fact that a lot of those seniors could be coming back next year i mean not that they hurt the scholarship numbers but they just hurt in terms of who's on your campus and how many reps you can sort of give a guy if there's you know a hundred uh scholarship kids out there but i i do think the finish will be strong it'll it'll just it, it won't be like six or seven kids it'll be like the three or four that everyone has had circled for months and months josh are we gonna are we gonna see um i I mean i know like oklahoma ohio state alabama 
they're going to get their kids and, and they're getting the cream of the crop. Are we going to see a lot of schools that just have really small signing classes because no one's been able to visit? I, I think that's some of it. I mean, you look at right now, I mean, you've got Clemson has 17 commitments. Uh, Ohio State has 20. Georgia, ha- Georgia, Georgia has 19. I mean, I don't know what else you can say then Kirby Smart's not going to take 37 guys in this class. So, um, you know, you're looking – I mean, like, in the – it's uh, you look at the rivals' team rankings, in the top 12 teams, two have more than 22 commitments right now. That's, that's astounding this close to signing day. Now, they'll all add one, two – you know, they'll add a handful of guys, but – there's no way Clemson at 17 is expecting to add eight guys between now and signing day. That's just not going to happen. Uh, and you've got to think a school like Michigan at number nine with 21, the bloodletting has to start for them at some point, right? Like there has to be some uh, release from what is happening on the field. So, you know, we'll see what happens as guys kind of move around and find space. But, um, you know, that that's the thing for Oklahoma where people say, oh, well, they don't have many commitments. That's fine. But if, if they were to close with fight Foster, Wheaton, Egbuka, get the Remington Strickland kid, I mean, you know, like you looking down that list and, and then you throw in maybe Jarden Gilbert and Tristan Lee, there's no way that's not a top four, three or four class just because the quality is absurd. I mean, you, you would really be pushing that Oklahoma could be the only team in the country this year that has an above four average for their star rating. And, Bob, I know Lincoln's been asked about it. Maybe you asked him about it, but – he seemed to kind of indicate earlier, like maybe they don't want a full class because there's going to be so many yep. transfers out there that they could benefit. Plus, as you mentioned, Josh, not knowing who's going to come back, maybe wanting to have the luxury to have people. Let's face it. If you have a starter, even though he may not be a high draft pick and you can convince him to come back next year, like that's better than signing almost any high school kid. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what, I've thrown out names like Trey, uh, uh, Trey Brown, John, uh, John Michael Terry, Eric Swenson, like just the, all these guys. They have the option now. I think some of them will definitely. Didn't Trey leave. Brown already tweet like last home game? Yeah, I mean, you you feel pretty confident that he's that he's going to leave unless all of a sudden the draft grade gets back to him and like, dude, you didn't perform the way you were supposed to. Like, you need to come back. Like, I, I don't know what the draft grade process is when it really starts hitting home what those guys are looking like if, if they were to leave. But there's some people, like, I, I always say, you know, Swenson and John Michael Terry, because I don't know what their future is beyond OU. So why wouldn't they want to come back for one more year and, and do everything they possibly could to try to help themselves going forward? But I, I just think it's going to be interesting is you know we've never heard about process really when it comes to OU, but you say to the couple of these seniors, you know, I mean, it' great to have you, but you're really not in our plans. And, you know, you would just sort of be a guy that's around here, and if that's enough for you, fine. But if you want to play, then you might want to think about leaving. You know, and it's kind of funny too. I'd I'd add that like I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, basically insinuating that every senior should come back because. They're not going to get drafted. Sometimes, like, I think people forget, like, it's a grind to come back when you can, you might as well try and go make something out of your out of your uh, football career. I mean, it, not coming back to school and going through the doldrums of summer workouts and, you know, class and all that shit, 
some people just don't subscribe to that. They want to go make, well, m- try and make money, and maybe making a practice squad and working your way up is the way to go for some. Or they can get started with whatever career they do plan yep. to go into. Sure, I mean, mm-hmm. like you know, there, there's all the reasons, and not have to sweat all summer and get your head kicked in. Because I mean, guys, you bring up a really good point. It's something you guys said it, and it kind of made me think of it. And I don't think I'd considered it before, but with 110 guys. Oklahoma's going to have to make some decisions. And if you think right. that Chance Sylvie, for example, is going to get the same amount of snaps next summer, next uh, fall, as, you know, say, Justin Harrington, you're kidding yourself. That's not going to happen. Or even Jordan Mukes, or, you know, you look at, um, you know, just any of these. Justin Broyles comes back. Do you think they're gonna, not going to try to get DeMond Harmon some of his practice snaps to get him ready for the future? Rather than saying, "Yeah, Justin, we we need you ready, but we kind of know what you are." Like, there's that's just not Oklahoma is going to have to find a way to get creative to get enough snaps for these guys, and I think it's going to be the detriment of some of the guys they know are not going to ever really be impact guys for them. I think the other thing about this signing class is going to be, if I'm a kid and I'm signing, I'm really thinking that that's the most worthless contract I've ever signed in my entire life. Like, how is the NCAA going to treat all this stuff when a mm-hmm. kid when a kid just says, "Look, I got here. It's not what I thought. If I could have visited, I would have made know. a different choice. Yeah. So I want to transfer, and I want an immediate. Well, like, how is the NCAA not going to grant that waiver? I almost well, wonder I mean, if they the- start doing it just for twenty twenty one class. They say, if you're in yeah. this class, you've got the freedom. I, I, yeah. I wonder if it'll happen for any of the pre, the previous groups or any of the future groups. Uh, I mean, and you know, and it also opens the door of you know, oh, there's there's a there's an outbreak of COVID, you know, in my hometown. I'd like to be closer to my family, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I'm a little scared for my grandfather or whatever, you know, like whatever it could be. There's a whole, I mean, there's a whole laundry list of reasons that have never existed before that are completely valid for a kid to want to, you know, change his plans. And the, uh, the other thing that could could really be strange about this whole process is they could have signing day on Wednesday and a Big 12 championship game on Saturday. That feels weird. With it being 19th. Yeah, I'm, I'm super not into it. Um, <laughs> just just want to be really clear because usually like after signing day i'm like okay i got like a right? week where i can just breathe <laughs> nope hell no that's not happening yep. <laughs> i mean it is it is weird in that i don't know how OU is going to pull off anything in terms of i mean they'll put their graphics together and all that stuff but like how will they celebrate this this year how will they mm-hmm. promote it or market it or it's just going to be odd. You've you've had Annie tweeting about it in the last month, so it's clear they've got some ideas. And you know what, guys? Maybe do. we don't know. Maybe this becomes a thing. Maybe it becomes a deal where some of the biggest players just say, "You know what? I'll just wait till the late signing period." Maybe guys just decide they don't want to do the early. I think this that year. there's some guys that can do that. I think there's other guys that really need to sign in December or they could look up in January and not have the spot and all of a sudden they're scrambling to find somewhere well because it's not this year's unusual because it's not just about 
the recruit, like the other recruit, like Bryce Foster is not worried about some other high school guard taking his spot. But let's say, you know, with all that's going on and the transfer portal becoming even more available to players, what if some guy from, you know, Boston College or Oregon State or somewhere hits the transfer portal and Bill Beatonbow's like, that dude could help me now. Like that, that guy sure. could come in and he's ready to go. And he and, with, and him take his spot, yeah. Yeah, like it, it's not it's not just about high school in January. The, like I said, and I don't know that every year is going to feel this way, but this year in particular, especially for Oklahoma, who I, I think we all acknowledge, twenty twenty one, they're pretty centered in. I mean, they they know that could be something for them. That's a great point. Let let me ask you real quick, and because you mentioned the grad transfer thing, it kind of comes up today with it being timely. What'd you make of uh, Jaden Woodby entering into the uh, transfer portal as a grad transfer? Is that somebody that who you would at least maybe give a call to and kind of check check everything out? I would be very very surprised if they didn't at least check into him and just see what's going on. What you know? Because the first question you always get with this is, well, why, why is he leaving? What's going wrong? And from everything I understand, there's been no problems with Jaden Woodby. I don't I don't think he's been a uh, a malcontent, you know. You heard, you've heard some stuff from Florida State people, even about Marvin Wilson. You know, maybe that was just not ever the right fit, especially with the new staff and everything. But well, yeah, the Jayden coach Woodby, lied about about yeah. stuff about contact with him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh no, no. Yeah. I, I, knowing Marvin as well as I did, I mean, I, I have trouble believing Marvin was being a punk. But you call him Marv that, when you talk. Yeah. Oh, he's oh. a big Marv. <laughs> big Marv. Big Marv. I mean, we, we snuggled on an again. airplane for two hours. You know? I forgot about that. Yeah, you guys close. did. So, no, that's, you know, I usually, if I go to a game at Episcopal, I'll message him or something like that. I mean, he's he's good to keep up with. But, we um, still talk. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Good you know. boys. But, uh, but, you know. Playing Jayden Call of Woodby's Duty later a, tonight with him? I mean, <laughs> no. There will be no Call of Duty. God. All I need is to be slaughtered and have every kid, like, Instagramming my, my deaths on, uh, on every little social platform, but now with Woodby, like I said, I mean I, he's a guy that I um, that Oklahoma was very much involved with, and this was under the Kerry Cooks regime. I know, so it a tells, long I mean, time ago. Yeah, I mean it tells you something. He had to have been interested because there wasn't a lot of elite guys that were beating down OU's door in the secondary. Alex Grinch just needs to send the text, or whoever contacts him needs to send the text and say. Hi, I'm, you know, insert name. We'll just say Alex Grinch for this purpose. But hi, I'm Alex Grinch. I'm the uh, secondary coach at Oklahoma, defense coordinator. Shit has changed. Get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit has changed. I like that. Yeah. I think that should be the new Speed D motto. Shit has changed. Because it has. Particularly at, on the defensive line where they're playing really well, well right he now. almost had the quotable about like, hey, we keep doing this we might be a pretty good defense that wasn't bad either yeah that was his around got a triple double moment (laughs) i think we said that at the time someone someone asked me every once in a while there's a good question in board chat and it kind of makes me want to drag it here and just ask you guys because i had a pretty I, i felt pretty confident with who i came out with but if you guys had to pick not mvp not anything like that but just the best player so far this season for oklahoma who like who would you lean to I mean, as crazy as it sounds, my immediate reaction is Ronnie Perkins. Right. I know it's it a is. small you sample size. You just on defense? No, no, just uh, on no. the roster, I- anybody. 
I you could say the same for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if you ask the coaches, they would probably say the class favorite Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Yep, sure. But maybe I, mo- I mean, if he, you went by like Heisman criteria versus MVP, like most outstanding players, probably Marvin Mims. I went with Nick Benito. Yeah, I I, I don't think I, that's bad. I think he's been as dominant as anybody and has played all season. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, for the stretch, I mean, guys, he's already like top 10 in the league in sacks in like four <laughs> games. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, he's playing at an all-world level, but Benito's been so good and he's done it all year long. And I, I just, I was like, that, that'd probably be my guy. But it was interesting, kind of, I think they asked me for a top five. And I think Mims was in there for me. Um, Benito, I, I think I had Isaiah Thomas in there. I think I even put Ronnie in there like fifth or something just because his impact's been so large. Perkins has three and a half sacks and six and a half tackles for loss in three games. This is just from the uh, game notes. At that rate, uh, he would be leading the Big 12 in both categories, 9.3 and 17.3 sacks and tackles for loss had he played in all eight OU games. Big 12 leaders in sacks and tackles for loss is 7.5 and 14.0 respectively. It's kind of crazy. See, my thing with... Benito's he didn't do much those first three games. It took Texas for him to wake up. And they mentioned that. He wasn't finishing plays. He'd be there and he never got the quarterback down. And then it all all changed against Texas. Yeah, sure. and TCU, he was all over the field. Yep, but well, Iowa State, Kansas State, I don't remember him making a play. I remember him missing or you yeah. know, not finishing. Yeah, it was only Isaiah Thomas at that point making plays and Perrion went for a little bit. The the thing that I think is interesting, I don't know that we've talked about it much on the pod, is the way ever, and it started in that Texas game. The way they've started to use him as a spy, yep. uh-huh. that's really intri- Like, and it's something I don't. Uh, that's I, I can't think that's something they came up with in the off season. It feels like something that usually you do with an inside guy, and they like it because it gives them that look of okay, we don't we're not giving you anything away, and they don't have to give up him as a pass rusher. Like he's not going to fall off in the flats or do something to make up for that mic that's going to stay with Sam Ellinger or, uh, you know, Max Duggan or any of those guys. So he just kind of hangs back. And then once the play, you know, once he can recognize what it is, he goes and chases the quarterback and being the athlete he is, he makes a lot of plays that way. What kind of conversation do you think coaches will have with Nick Benito at the end of the season as far as he's a red shirt sophomore information getting back as a draft guy? And how much could he help himself coming back for another season that's the thing he could leave i bet he could leave this year and be uh early third something like that i mean his he because he'll test well he's got good length i mean here's the thing too though and this is the same way i felt about trey brown i think i might have said this when you weren't either you or josh or bob weren't here josh um i mean the nfl they're trying to cram football down everyone's throat no matter what happens so I'm sure they won't they'll want to have their combine but man they should probably make that known before all these guys are having to make your decisions because a guy like Trey Brown if he can go to the NFL combine he'll he'll turn some heads he'll get drafted yeah yep, yep. I agree completely but if they don't have a combine it almost might be better for him to come back and play one more year yep because, look, he's playing a lot better the second half of the season, just like Nick Benito is. But 
he doesn't have first round tape. He doesn't have second round tape. No, nah, even with his forty, I think his best scenario is probably fourth. Trey, but yeah. if he doesn't, if he does, if he can't go out and run a forty. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's a he's a he's in Parnell Motley's shoes. Yeah. Uh, um, so what about with, what about Benito, Josh? But with Benito, I mean, like I said, I I think I could see him in the third. I could buy that. Uh, but I agree with Kerry. I think he needs to test because he needs to go and oh man, this guy's long armed and he's big and he can hold up. You know, he can be the guy we need him to be. And oh, he ran four six three or something. I mean, he'll go run something pretty good. Um, but if he came back a year and really had all that hype and people were kind of ready for him and kind of watched everything happen and was, you know, again, part of a, a good Oklahoma team and had a lot of national notoriety, I don't think it's out of the question that he could sleep, sneak into the late first round in a year's time. Like, he's he's got some pretty freaky gifts. I think we're going to see a lot of defensive guys getting drafted here in the next three four years. Agreed. I mean, yep. it when you when you're playing defense the way that they've been playing over the last you know five games, and really they played well. It, you, I keep just going back to that Kansas State game and what the hell happened in the fourth quarter? Because I the, the tone of this season would be much much different right now, would it not? Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, Oklahoma would be in an argument with. Um, uh, with A and M in Florida, as far as you know, who deserves to be five? You think they would be? Would they be? And who knows what R.C. Slocum's thinking? I mean, my God, I can't believe people like that are on the college football playoff committee. But I mean, it would be it would be a very interesting conversation of one loss Oklahoma right now, where they'd be stacking up against those teams. I I agree completely. I, I think. You know, I, I think those two and probably, you know, somebody else asked me, you know, like who, who would be interesting matchups for Oklahoma. I think Notre Dame would be interesting because I, I know they're number two and OU's not going to play them. But uh, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's not the second best team in the country. They're just not. Um, so th- there are some interesting matchups. Like I said, I've said it for a few weeks now. They, they, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, those teams are going to beat Oklahoma. Everybody else, Oklahoma can beat those teams. I'm going to tell you what, Josh. Uh, everybody knows I'm not anti-Catholic, but I just think you Catholics are weird because I grew up Baptists. Uh, Baptist. <laughs> Ian Book is the type of quarterback that can win you a championship because he's difficult to prepare for. He is really athletic. He's a lot more athletic than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame has some dudes, man. I mean, somehow Brian Kelly has been stacking up dudes in South Bend. Yeah, I mean, that, that, there's no question. I mean, they, I'm not saying they can't beat Oklahoma. Well, I mean, you know, he, he, he he's not the killing the out. players, though. He's killing the managers, yeah. the video coordinators. That's true. If you don't sign here, this manager's going to get it. <laughs> that, that, that's a hell of a, a sell offer, isn't it? Uh huh. That's a pitch. Do you have uh, a conscience? <laughs> uh, Georgia being another good one that would that I think would be a really interesting game. But I mean, I, again, don't get me wrong. Notre Dame can absolutely beat Oklahoma. There, there's no question because I think they've got one of the few offensive lines that could fight Oklahoma up front. That, that, that could really play that game and be good enough to at least hold Oklahoma stalemate to a stalemate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and then you've got 
Ian Book, who has plenty of problems going against an Oklahoma secondary that has plenty of problems. So that that could be a you know a Benny Hill video possibly. Um, I, and I I like Ian Book, but I mean he has a very very strong tendency in the worst moments to have a terrible mistake. He had one against Clemson. He just happened to get away with it. He had that terrible fumble yeah. at the goal line that should have cost them huge. And I, you know, you feel like, well, if Trevor Lawrence is in that game, he drives down the field and makes them pay for it. All you right. Know, Trevor Lawrence, Carrie. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I remember. Player. I know Justin Fields. Trevor Etienne. Oh, God. No. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I think I was just bored and thinking about fighting and didn't really want to fight. So it was a. <laughs> Retract it. Retract. Retract. Kind of like now. Kind of like right now. Uh, all right. Uh, basketball, Bob. You, any, anything else recruiting wise you wanted to fit in before we? No. Start finishing We're this good. puppy off. Basketball finally playing some games, uh, and Big Twelve play is just right around the corner. Literally. Yeah, I mean that's why it was so imperative to get this game in with UTSA. You didn't want your first game of the season to be a conference game when. The Frogs have played games, and they looked good last week. It's like you needed to get some sort of warm-up in, and so you give a lot of credit to Steve Henson and that group there for understanding and trying to make this happen. And yeah, Kruger come out and say yesterday flat out they have nine scholarship players ready to go for Thursday. Victor E. Walker will not be one of them. So it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. I mean, it's kind of like how we heard all about cross-training when it came to football it's mixing and matching your lineups with uh, basketball. I know Jalen Hill is the popular name being thrown out there. Someone who's going to have to just learn to play in the post because that's what you might be required to do this year. But, yeah, they're finally going to get out there, and you know, they'll be there Thursday night and then head Fort Worth, take on the Frogs Sunday. So, I mean, you know, they they wanted those two conference games before Christmas. Well, just the way that it worked out for OU, it was that close to being their first game of the season. It almost kind of seems like if it was anybody else but a former Long Kruger disciple, they probably There's aren't able no to reschedule way. that yeah. game. No way this would have been able to gone down. So, But, yeah, it's interesting to see. Like, nothing's changed in terms of, you know, what you think this team can can be with Mo Gibson being allowed to play. I think the ceiling is a lot different. And, you know, can Brady Manick become the team leader? You know, not just the best scorer rebounder but everything else that comes with it because he's never really had to be that guy at christian Doolittle in the past he had trey young in the past this this should be his team and we'll see if he takes ownership i kind of want to see if he not just takes ownership but if you kind of feel that from him on the floor because yep. he's, he's never like his body language is just not good it's not it really is <laughs> i totally agree he, when he misses like a, a short you know layup or tip in he really lets you know and i mean he's able to bounce back but he just has those moments where it looks like he's really down about himself and the whole team's got to feed off what he him and austin reeves are going to bring to the table so it's going to be up for to them to set the tone and see what everybody else does to follow all right um i think that's going to do it for this week uh hopefully we will have a Eskridge Lexus post game for you on Saturday, even though it'll be very, very early in the morning. 
Uh, it's a 7 o'clock start on Saturday for Baylor. It's Wednesday in the afternoon. Might Hopefully we don't hear anything. That's what I'm hoping. I hope they just play, play the yeah, game. Yeah, I think that's what I put on the board the other day. It's like, no news is good news. Yes. And hopefully this podcast is not obsolete by the time. Well, we really didn't talk that much Baylor on purpose this time. So... It's not like we talked a lot of West Virginia last week either. Yeah, Pod was uh, Pod was popular last week, so I will say, I don't think I've told you guys yet. I had a Thanksgiving accident. Did you try and cook a turkey? Uh, no, I didn't try. I left the cooking up to the cousins, but I was carrying a turkey in, or I was going <gasps> to carry a turkey in. You Kevin to turkey? No, I. The, the pan was uneven, and they had just taken it out of the smoker, one of the turkeys that uh-huh. we had, and the grease fell out of the uh, oh. the pan, uh-huh. burned, burned through my shoe, through my sock. Wow. Do you want to see the picture of what my foot no. was on Thursday? No. 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 That's no. not all right. <laughs> Tweet it. I, I, would, I would never do that. It I'm was, not good with those kind of photos. I don't want to know. No. I'll show you, Carrie. No, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm just going to do it one time. Just it's one time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It looks like you have, <laughs> it was you have not, Cheetos sewed to your feet. It was not oh. good. It It's much better now, though. So I've been playing a little hurt, but I'm hurt, not injured. You know, got to get up to Eddie. This is the first we've heard about this. So he he's fought through this. Do the homeowners week. have money? My legal team has contacted my cousin, yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to just your cousin. <laughs> it was uh, very painful. You should ask for the type of money that Kelly Clarkson's husband is asking for. I mean, that dude, he, that guy, I he figured it balls. out. He figured life out. He's Reba's son. Is he real? I See, I didn't realize yes. that. The queen Reba? Yes. I did not realize that. What a king. He's figured out life, and so has Bob Stoops. How about that? God, I hope he coaches on the sideline Saturday. That'd be awesome. That would be amazing. I, I mean, in a I night too. game, it will be electric. All Against Baylor, like 20,000. Will Lincoln actually talk about the game in the post game, or will it strictly be Bob Stoops' questions? Uh, probably depends Stoops if he's. have to do Zoom. We better have <laughs> Bob Stoops we have on re- the post game. <laughs> yep. Yes. We've, we've, we've requested the defense coordinator. I don't know who that's going to be, but it might be Bob Stoops. Oh, God, I just want to hear one certainly. I just need to hear a certainly. It's been too long. All right. Uh, we will be looking forward to it. Should it happen? Hopefully it does happen. And we can finally put this behind us of whether or not OU will have play enough games to qualify for a Big 12 championship game. So uh, thank you to Josh McQuistian, to Eddie Radosevich, to Bob Prisbillo. And uh, we will see you guys back here again next week, regardless of what happens, on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.